Hi, I'm Kelly. And I'm Catlin. And welcome to the The How How to to Love Me podcast. Podcast. On this episode, we talk about ships. Friendships, to be specific. We talk about why our mental health makes us super shitty friends. This episode was uh, pretty real for us, so we hope that you guys enjoy. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to another episode of How to Love Me. Welcome, guys. The podcast where we talk about mental health and relationships. And more specifically, our relationship. This one's a little different, though. So mm-hmm. this one, we're not going to talk about relationships per se in a relationship matter. We're going to talk about friendships. Yep. Which, I mean, still technically a relationship, just, you know, not a romantic relationship. Exactly. A wise man once said, there are good ships and there are wood ships. Ships that sail the sea, but the best ships are friendships. May they always be. Oh, you're so cute. Nah, well, you know what? A buddy told me that at a, as a toast, and it was fantastic. And I was like, you know what? That is a great way to start this episode about friendships. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Right? Yep, that was perfect. Yeah. So. Knocking it out of the park. For anybody who's wondering why the hell we're talking about friendships, the whole concept of this is that we're going to talk about every type of relationship. Mm-hmm. And friendships are a big one when it comes to mental health. Oh, definitely. Right? I mean, yeah, if you don't have that support system. Yeah, you know? exactly. So, and people are probably wondering, well, why does mental health affect your friendships? Because mental health makes us shitty friends. <laughs> it really does. It yeah. really does. It makes us pull away. Yeah. So, and here's the big reason why we want to talk about this, because there are people who have best friends or are best friends that have mental health issues. Yeah. And we're not always going to be the best friend because of it. Yeah. We're not going to be, we're not going to always be able to be the friend that we strive to be. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm I'm just going to use examples here and names. Mm -hmm. Sure. I've got two top-notch friends. Yep. That are completely different. Yep. So, John and Matt. We're just going to call them John and Matt. Even though. Well, I mean, though, that is their name. <laughs> well, you know, for our viewers, we're not going to call them Stephen 1 and Stephen 2. I guess. So, John and Matt. Mm-hmm. My buddy John is the most extra- extroverted person I have Seriously, ever Seriously, he really is. And he's extremely busy. And the problem is, is like, for me, I'm an introvert. Well, I'm an amavert. Amavert, yeah. I do lean more towards the introvert. Yeah. So, with that... I go and hang out with my best friend, John. We go have a great time. But typically, John's the type of guy that thinks the more people, the more fun. Yeah, which when you're, you know, even when you're an introvert or, you know, an ambivert, crowds are people that you don't know or people that you're not necessarily comfortable with. So uncomfortable. It is scary almost. Yeah, it's it makes me super anxious. Mm-hmm. So thinking about that and knowing that, you know, he is the type of guy that has that social interaction with everybody. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to go see him. Yeah. Like, I cannot remember a time where I've had one-on-one time with him where it hasn't been interrupted with phone calls, people stopping by. Like, he's just that person. Yeah. Everybody loves John. Everybody wants to be around him. Yeah, he's one of those people where he just, he makes you feel happy. Yep. He just, he gives you that warm, fuzzy feeling. So I understand why people want to be around him. But honestly, because of the way he is, I'm a shitty friend to him. Like, I do not, if we were actually in a relationship, 
mm-hmm. we would not match that well. No, you wouldn't. Mind you, on every other level, John and I are right on par with each other. Yeah. We're tons of fun. We love to be, you know, fun and exciting, but it's that extrovert versus introvert that really makes a difference. Now, my other friend, Matt. Mm-hmm. Matt is an introvert. Matt is, he is my hunting and fishing buddy. Yeah. No matter what, he's the guy that I'm going to go, buddy, we're going fishing. Let's go. <laughs> so, and you know what? Honestly, like Matt and I, we don't talk that much, truthfully. Mm-hmm. Like we- It's true. You guys really don't talk that often. Not at all. No. Because, you know, Matt's got two kids and a wife and his career, and he's in a different town than me, mm-hmm. which sucks. But at the same time, like when we touch base, it's like we never skipped a beat. Yep. And we're not that, I find with Matt and myself, we have that relationship where we don't need to have the maintenance. Mm-hmm. It isn't a high maintenance relationship. So no, it can basically go. you can, you know, go, you know, however long without talking with each other. And then all of a sudden you do get to have some time together. And yeah, it's like you said, you just don't skip a beat. Yeah. It's absolutely amazing. So, I mean, there's different types of friendships and there's different type of people. And this is what we're going to be talking about today. Mm -hmm. So, you're probably wondering, why are you such a shitty friend? (laughs) Well, let me tell you. Yeah, let's expand on this a little bit. So, one thing that Kelly and I both suffer from together is anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. Now, the problem with anxiety and depression is it makes us enclose ourselves We don't reach out enough um, and we just close ourselves in. And and it seems like, you know, we seclude ourselves. Yeah. And like, there'll be a lot of times where I'll be like, all right, I really need to reach out to my buddy, John. And Mm -hmm. then I just, I have a bad day. I have a messy day and it messes with me wanting to reach out to him because I don't want to reach out to my best friend and be like, dude, my depression is so fucking bad right now. Like, I feel like. I can't breathe, something's sitting on my chest, and it's been like this for days. Mm -hmm. Yes, in theory, I know, I know for a fact that if I told John this, he'd go, you're a fucking idiot, call me. Yeah. But I don't want to have to. like Because you feel like you're a burden. You don't want to put that extra pressure onto someone else, especially when you know that there's potential that there's a lot of other things going on in their life. Right. And like for you, the listener, you might have that friend that he isn't always there for you when you absolutely need him. Mm-hmm. But when he's there, he's 100% your friend and he always supports you or her friend, you yeah. know, however this works. But yeah. you've got to think about it like that. Like that person might be struggling, might yeah. be having a hard time. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it goes both ways. Extroverts can have that too. But for somebody with mental health issues, like myself, who has bad anxiety and bad depression, mm-hmm. it gets so fucking bad. It gets really hard to want to have any sort of interaction with people. Right. Like, I mean, it's when either of us get into a depressive state, it's hard enough for us to interact with each other, let alone bringing someone else into it. Exactly. And I mean, Kelly and I have had that conversation. We talk about this all the time. Mental health is probably the most talked about thing in this household. Seriously, it really is. We have a lot of conversations about it. But I mean, we we put that ahead of pretty much everything else in our relationship. Yeah. Well, and if we build off from that and we look at like, okay, Do we want to bring our friends into the mess? Mm -hmm. Because like, not that it affects our relationship because we both deal with a lot of the same stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you look at it from the outside, you would think that, yeah, what we're doing is just pretty normal, right? Yeah. It's nothing crazy. But the second you try to bring a friend into it, 
it's so different. It brings a whole new dynamic to it. Exactly. Now, one thing I will say about my best friend, John, and if you're listening, John, which you're my best friend, so you think you'd listen to my freaking podcast. You best be listening, John. (laughs) The one thing that I absolutely hate more than anything, I think, in in my opinion, when it comes to mental health and Mm -hmm. having this conversation with friends, is the dad advice. Yes. So, yes, yes, yes. I love you, John. But when I come to you with problems, I'm not looking for fixes. Sometimes I just need to vent. Yep. And that's one thing that you and I do really well is we mm-hmm. can just vent to each other and we know, okay, well, he's not looking for a fix or she's not looking for a fix. They just yep. need to get this off their chest. But at the same time, it did take us a while to get there. 100%. So if you think about it that way... You should be able to have these conversations with your friends. You should be able to bring in this new dynamic. You just have to be able to work through that dynamic and find something that works well for both of you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, 100%. I mean, that would make sense. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's really tough. Now, it's getting to that point. It's, well, it's always been that tough. Like, John and I have been friends since grade seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and Matt and I have been friends since grade 11. Yeah. So these friends have been very, very long-term friends. I've known them way longer than I've known you. Oh, yeah. But I still have this trouble bringing up these things, mm-hmm. mainly because I still have that that idea that I'm still a broken person. There's still that stigma attached to it. For yeah, you. even for yeah. me. Like, I still think I'm a broken person, which makes me a shitty friend. So I think it was, like, back in November okay. last year of 2019 yeah. where we saw that post of um, this Oh, I remember the one you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, it and, was on Instagram or Facebook. Or... Yeah, and there was this lady, and all she said is, like, I deal with mental health il- illness. I am a shitty friend, and she goes right into it, and that yeah. was eye-opening for me. Yeah, yeah. No, and it was eye-opening for me, too, because at the same time, like, I obviously have my own mental health struggles. I have friends that have mental health struggles. And because a lot of the time we're dealing with the same things, we don't end up talking with each other about it, which is ridiculous because you think that we would. Yeah. But because, you know, my depression or my anxiety causes me to isolate more and it does the same thing for them, we don't end up reaching out to each other. Yeah. Which talking about it now just seems ridiculous. Right. Like, why do I not do this? Like, honestly, the talk about mental health is really tough for me too because, like, me and my buddy Matt, we, we, we talk about everything, but it's usually... Like, we always have a conversation. So, like, Matt and I, we could not see each other for three months, jump to a truck together, go get a coffee, mm-hmm. and it's going to be nonstop conversation about absolutely anything and everything. Yeah. Except when we get, honestly, except when we get down to the nitty-gritty. Yeah. And we get down to the rough stuff. Yeah. Um, well, because the rough stuff is that much more difficult to talk about. Nobody really likes talking about the rough stuff. Yeah. But, I mean, we still have the best time. And then even with John and I, like, I went and, for the first time since COVID, I went over and saw him. Yeah. And it was amazing. We sat for an hour and a half and talked about everything. It was great. Mm-hmm. And I did open up and tell him that I've been struggling to reach out to him. Yeah. And his exact response was the response that I expected. I don't fucking care. Call me. Yeah. Hit me up. Tell me you're having a hard time. Mm-hmm. Which is fine. And I love that. And I'm so glad he did that. But it's so hard for me to do. Yeah. Like, do you have, like, for your friends... Uh Uh-huh. Which, like, where do you find that dynamic? Well, I would say, see, it's kind of, it's kind of hard for me because I do have that dynamic with both Michelle and Jadine. Mm -hmm. So I know that if I'm having a rough time, I could reach out to either of them and it would be the exact same response that John gave you. Like, why the hell are you keeping that in? Talk to me. Do you share all that with your friends though? (sighs) 
I do and I don't. Are you better than me at it? I don't know if I am. I honestly don't. Um, sometimes for me, it takes getting to like a. It basically takes getting to like a breakdown point Rock for me bottom. to reach out. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, I feel like I just need to deal with it on my own. Yeah. Which, once again, as I'm saying that out loud, sounds ridiculous because why would I not want to reach out to my friends and ask for help? Oh, exactly. Because I don't want to burden them. Yep. They already have enough going on in their lives. They don't need to worry about what the hell's going on in my head. Mm-hmm. You know. But at the same time. That's what's going through their head too. Yeah. You know? And like, I know that. We've had these conversations. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know. I, I don't think I'm better at you than doing it. It's definitely something I need to work on. Yeah. And like for me, like I I do have an extreme case of a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on the, I would consider myself on the upper spectrum of mental illness. Like <clears throat> for, for the, how bad my anxiety, my depression, my PTSD all get, it's not like it's super light, but that's where I struggle with. Yeah. So Matt and John don't really have mental illness. They don't have it like I do. They don't mm-hmm. deal with it the same way I do. They still, you know, everybody has their struggles no matter what. Oh, definitely. And they're not absolutely perfect people, despite the fact that I will say that they are absolutely perfect people. Um, but it's really tough to bring that up. So like for me, the amount of people that I have in my life that deal with mental health is mm-hmm. the Mental Wealth Project, so that's Kaylor, D, Shayla, you. Yeah. I've only just started talking about it with my parents. Yeah. And it's kind of opened up a couple new lanes of conversation, but it still isn't where I need it. So technically, if I was having a rough day mm-hmm. and I was just like broken down, yeah, I don't think I would actually reach out to John. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would reach out to Matt. I would probably talk to you. Yeah. And if I absolutely needed to... You would talk to your mom. I'd talk to mom. Well, actually, I'd talk to mom like about the same time I would talk to you. Yeah. But I think if I really needed somebody to help me through a mental health struggle, mm-hmm. I would probably end up calling Kaylor. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Because he would I, be a great person to talk to because yeah. he can empathize with you. Right. So let's just say, okay, so let's put the shoe on the other foot here. Yeah. Let's say we're the friends. Okay. I'm John. I'm going to put myself in his position. Okay, sure. Right? Where I have a friend that has mental health illness and I don't know how to help him. Yeah. So one of the things that I've always had to do is tell John, like, you know, sometimes it's just nice to vent. I'm not looking for a fix or anything like that. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I just want to vent stuff out. Yeah. Um, Which he's great. He's a great listener. I mean, John's just a beautiful man in general. Uh, And hopefully in a later episode, we're going to get him talking on here. Hopefully. But... So if I'm in John's position, what, let's say I don't have the mental illness, you do, you're struggling right now. How would you feel if Mm -hmm. I did a bunch of research on everything you deal with? So for somebody who doesn't know it, so let's say, yeah, John doesn't know anything about mental illness, but he does the research. Mm -hmm. I feel like that would be a step in the right direction. Seriously, that would be very comforting for me to know that that person that I care about also cares enough about me to do the research and kind of try to get a better understanding of how I'm feeling and what I'm going through. Absolutely. So like my view on it is if we start a conversation and I mean, you don't even have to do the research, Mm -hmm. but ask the questions, ask about mental health because I really think that's going to open up the conversation and open up that lane of communication between Mm -hmm. two people that typically didn't have it. Yeah, that is a great point. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if you and your best friend, let's say you deal with anxiety, Mm -hmm. and it's bad. Like, you have really bad days to the point where, like, it's days where you don't 
leave your house. Mm-hmm. Have that chat with your friend or even just say, like, I really wish I had somebody to talk to about mental health. Do you have any questions about it? Yeah. And then start that conversation. So that's a really good. I have, you know, honestly, I've never thought about doing that, about just talking to someone and being like, you know what? Do you have questions about mental health? Yeah. I've never actually thought about asking someone that. Well, because like I kind of look at it like the accident, right? So for mm-hmm. me, I lost somebody. It, it was tragedy. And some people like ask, asking me about it and some people don't. Mm-hmm. But when my friends it's are... because they, they don't... They, they're trying to walk that fine line. They don't want to upset me. They don't exactly. want to put me down on that dark, dark path. But exactly. at the same time, I love the fact when my friends come to me and say, do you mind if I ask a couple questions about the accident? Mm-hmm. Like that's dope. That that for me is mind mind blowing. Like, yeah, okay, you're about to get it. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, sometimes I kind of feel bad about it because, like, all right, well, you want it here. Mm-hmm. It is here. It is. Yeah. But nine times out of ten, I mean, from my experience, I've never had a bad experience explaining mental health and what I go through to somebody else. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. and, and that's a big part. And this is another reason why we're doing this because we're learning from this too. Mm-hmm. Like for my buddy, John, um, we, we need to have these conversations more. Yeah. Same with me and Matt. Yeah. You know? Well, and like, that's the thing is you've at least started having the conversations with your parents too. Yeah. It's so like my parents know that I struggle, but you know what? I don't think I've ever actually had the conversation with them being like, do you have questions? Like, mm. do you want to know how exactly it is that I feel? Or like, do you want me to go into detail? You know, like I have never gone into detail with them about it. Yeah. Like they know that I have anxiety. They know that I have depression. But like, I don't think that they understand the extent of it mm-hmm. or like what exactly it feels like when you're in those states. 100%. And those are conversations that I need to have. Yeah. And another thing that I've kind of noticed when it comes to like parents, um, I find that like Obviously, we are a product of our parents. Yeah. So for me, I've realized a lot more things when it comes to my anxiety, my depression, my PTSD, all these things. And Mm -hmm. I'm growing as a person from it. Yeah. The cool part is, is I share this information with my mother Mm -hmm. and she goes, oh. And then I'm able to say, mom, you know, let's be honest here. I probably got a little anxiety from you. Yeah. Because I think you might actually have some. And then opening up that conversation and making it a bigger thing. So my dad is a very strong man. My dad is my goddamn hero. He is. He is the manliest man you would ever meet. He's the manliest man that ever manned. Yep. Exactly. Yep. And for him to tell me that he deals with anxiety, like we've never had that conversation. Yeah. That was huge. That was one of the biggest things that have ever been said to me from my dad. Yeah. Like that's, that's top 10 with, I'm proud of you, son. Yeah. Like that was huge for me because I realized that, I'm no different than he is. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's the thing is even when your dad told you that, I looked at you and I could see like, I could see the physical changes in your body. Yeah. Like I could see that you were like excited and also intrigued and also like, holy shit, my dad's opening up to me about this. This is crazy. Yeah. And like, I I could see it just in the way that you were holding yourself. It's crazy. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with somebody saying that. Exactly. Anxiety isn't a bad thing. Exactly. It just, it helps open up the conversation. Yeah. I used to think anxiety was a horrible thing. Mm -hmm. It was a disgusting thing that, you know, it was a disease. Yeah. But it's not. It's something, it is, but it isn't, it isn't. It's something that you can manage. It's something you can deal with. And it's Mm -hmm. really a great icebreaker, honestly. Yeah. I guess if you look at it that way, a little bit, a little bit, right? I mean, 
not saying that if I go meet a new friend tomorrow, I'm going to be like, hey, I deal, Stephen, I deal with anxiety and everything. Did you know that? Do you want to be best friends? Yeah, exactly. You're not just going to throw it out like that. Yeah. Like we talked about on first dates, we're not going to throw it all out there at the start. Exactly. But I mean, these are long-term friends. These are friends that I've had for a long time. Mm -hmm. And like, I have other like top-notch friends. Uh, Stefan who lives in Vancouver and I talk to once a year. But you know mm-hmm. what? I talk to him. We touch base, which, you know, I really need to reach out to him more. Stefan, if you're ever listening to this, reach out to me too. Mm-hmm. But we don't talk that much. But when we do, it's amazing. Same with my my other friend, Jordy. Like, we grew mm-hmm. up together. We were the four amigos. And no matter what, like, I have a hard time bringing this stuff up to them. Like, yeah. We hung out all the time until we graduated. We kind of went our separate little ways. Um, John and I ended up being together a lot more. Yeah. But they're still my best friends, and I still have a hard time bringing this up to them and bringing them down. Like, I think that's another struggle that I have because I barely talk to my friends, mm-hmm. honestly. I spend You really a- don't. You need to start spending a little bit more time with them. Thanks, Tips. Sorry. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've been saying that this entire episode. I- <laughs> i wish but, you could see the death glare i'm oh shooting him God. right now i am in so much the right eye now. rolls that yeah. you are getting uh, yeah it's pretty bad but anyway you think about that and you think about you know i don't want to bring them down like i yeah. barely talk to these people i'm not going to talk to the one time a year i talk to him be like oh yeah so steven i'm dealing with some major depression and anxiety and i'm having a hard time like that's not going to be my first conversation with my friend But you know what? This is also what you always do, right? You put everyone else ahead of yourself. Yeah. This is just another way that you're doing that because you don't want that first interaction with them to possibly bring them down. You're worried about their mental well-being versus your own. Very true. You know what I mean? Yep. Once again, you're putting other people ahead of yourself when you need to start putting yourself ahead of other people more. No, you are right in that. But it, it also is a very tough thing for me to do. Yep. Oh, I get it. It's like, hard for me too. Yeah, like I can't just go and like, I I do always think of everybody else, right? Mm-hmm. And if I'm having a great conversation, a great time with somebody, I'm not just going to be, oh, hey, here's my most depressing news. Yeah, I got that. That's why I don't like social media. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, ooh, happy, 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 happy. Oh, six kids died. Puppies got put down. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah, social media can get hella depressing. Yeah. Yeah. So thinking about all that and talking about it, I mean, it's really tough. But I think it's a two-way street. Honestly, if you have friends that deal with it, Mm -hmm. come down to their level. Have that conversation with them. I think that's going to be mind-altering. Yeah, and like I said, like that is something that I 100% need to start doing more because I'm not nearly as open with my friends about my mental health as I need to be. No, exactly. And that's something that you and I both struggle with a lot. Yeah. Is like we have to learn to open up. And this is part of it. Like one thing that we need to do as a society is take the stigma off of mental health. Yep. Because we're not broken people. We're just people. Yeah. So Our brains just work a little bit differently. I've went through this whole like self – I guess I like self realization. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly self realization. Words are tough sometimes. Yeah. Um, so my self realization story basically starts with like realizing that I've had mental health issues my entire life and I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Right. And 
picking up on those things, if I would have known then what I know now. It would have been so much easier. My life would have been so much easier. Yep. And that's the same with me. Yeah. So one of the things that I've dealt with actually this week is I dealt with some of the worst depression I have ever had. Yeah, you were having a really rough week this week. It was extremely tough. And you know what the funny part is, is I didn't really know it was depression. I assumed it was anxiety because it was something sitting on my chest. And it wasn't until you were able to tell me, Yeah. that's depression, babe. Yeah. Like. Yeah, that was just the other day. Yeah. Yeah. And it actually changed the way I thought about it Mm -hmm. to the point where I'm, I'm almost out of it now. Yeah. Yeah, you're on the tail end now. I can yeah. see it. Because like... Uh, you sound better. It? You Three sound days? lighter. Yeah. Three days ago, I was a absolute wreck. I nearly broke down and lost it. Four days ago. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing I will say about my depression, which this is going to be a very interesting thing to say, is thoughts of suicide run through my head. Yeah. It, well, it and is, you know what? Honestly, it, they do with me too. It's it not, is. You're not alone with that. Yeah. When depression gets so bad, you think that's the easiest way out. And you're just like, you know what? That would end everything right now. Mm -hmm. I could end it. It would be something that didn't hurt me. And I wouldn't have to deal with this anymore. Exactly. You wouldn't have to keep dealing with all of the pain that just seems to come out of nowhere. Right? Now, I'm a happy guy. Mm -hmm. I'm an optimist. Yeah. 2020 has been a kick in the nuts. 2020 has fucking sucked. Right? So like I'm struggling and it has nothing to do with like, okay, my depression. So it's honestly like six months of this shit show. Yeah. That six months of nothing going right. Yeah. Basically having to work for every little thing that we want and everything going wrong. Right. So like for me, I've been struggling so hard this year and it all culminated into like one big depressive spurt where I just like. I honestly thought about just ending it all. And it's not that, like, I don't have love in my life. Mm -hmm. It's not that, you know, I'm not a happy, I'm not a happy person. Yeah. But it's because I feel it's the only way out of this feeling. Mm -hmm. And it feels like it's never going to end. And this is forever. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing is, it's so hard to try to get out of that mindset once you're already in it. It's so difficult to try to pull yourself back out of it. Absolutely. Now... If you think about it, like, if uh, if I go up to a friend, if I went up to my buddy John, I was like, John, my depression has been so bad. I have thought about taking my own life so many times. That is going to be he- fucking heavy. Yep. And well, and especially for someone who doesn't have all the education behind it, her di- who hasn't done the research, hearing that you're thinking about taking your own life. Yeah. They're automatically going to think like, oh shit, he's going to act on that. Yeah. They're not just thinking that these are thoughts that, you know, just kind of roll around in the back of your mind. Yeah. Because I have those thoughts too. The amount of times that I'm, you know, like driving down the road or something and just being like, you know what? Yeah. Just one quick turn. Yep. That's it. That's all it would take. Absolutely. I've been there. I've done that more times than I'm willing to admit. Yeah. Same with me. But that doesn't mean I'm going to act on it. Exactly. Just because those thoughts are in my head doesn't mean that I'm always going to, you know, succumb to them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've got a dog barking outside that I need to go take care of real quick. So uh, <laughs> we're going to be right back. Yep. Whistle. Right? And yeah. we're back. We're back. So the fact that I have those super dark thoughts, like that's something that I have a hard time bringing up to my parents too. Like I brought yeah. up to my mother, uh, I want to say if a month or two ago mm-hmm. for the first time ever that this is what my depression does. And she goes, what? What? 
Yeah. My baby boy is thinking about ending his life. What the fuck? Yeah. So that was a hard conversation to have. But you had it. We had to have it. And you know what? I'm so proud of you for having that conversation. Oh, thanks. Seriously, it's freaking hard. Like, I haven't had that conversation. Yeah. And the fact that you have, like, that's a huge step. Well, I will say. I'm very proud of you for doing that. Thank you. But, like, it is easier simply because we've been going through tragedy as a family. Yeah. And I've found in my life. So, with my parents, my parents are kind of old school. My dad doesn't internet Mm -hmm. whatsoever. He really does. He, he doesn't, doesn't social he doesn't media technology very well. He doesn't technology. He has an iPhone 11, but I... Hey, but he figured out how to get the flashlight on and your mom couldn't. Yeah, so, so to give an example of the level of tech that is my dad, I was blown away by the fact that my dad could turn on and off a flashlight on an iPhone 11. Your mom could not figure that out though, and your dad could. Your yeah. mom needed your dad to help her, so, and that is incredible. Yeah, I've always been IT for my parents, and I'm yeah. not a very IT guy. Yeah. Like, well, especially when it comes to Apple. Yeah, products. I you don't know. Apple. Yeah, you don't Apple. Unless they sponsor us. <laughs> no pressure. Um, <laughs> so, thinking about that and thinking about, you know, this is how bad it is. Like, this is the, the like, hard, hard story of, like, what I go through. Mm-hmm. And I just really have a hard time bringing that up to people because I don't want to bring them down and ruin their day. Yeah. So... That's why we're shitty friends. Yeah, basically in a roundabout way. Yeah. Yeah, because we're putting their feelings ahead of our own and we don't want to do anything that's going to bring them into a into a bad place. Exactly, because we're already there. We're already in a bad place, so why would we want to make them hurt? Yeah, exactly. You know? It's like, okay, I'm stuck in a pit. Mm-hmm. I can either stay in this pit and wait for it, wait a bit and I'll be able to get out, or... Yeah. I can reach up and hopefully try to get some help. But meanwhile, when I'm reaching up to grab you... I could potentially pull them down. I'm going to pull you in. Yeah. I'm pulling you in for a bit. Yeah. Before, and then we're both going to get out. Mm-hmm. But that's the problem is I can't bring somebody down. Yeah. Like if I'm going to bring somebody down, I'm going to bring you down or I'm going to bring my mom down. Yeah. Because yeah. you are the two strongest women that I know and that can handle it. Well, aren't you sweet? Yeah. Well, you called me. A, you said you were proud of me. So the least I could do is like try to give you something back. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so if you think about it like that and you go through the whole thing, it just, it's super hard. And I hope people can understand why we have a hard time talking about mental health issues. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, I think once we start opening up the conversation more and people start being more honest, it will, like, obviously it'll get a little bit easier to talk about these things. But as of right now, like it's, it's freaking hard. It's super hard. It's really difficult. It's so hard to go to the extremes. Yeah, exactly. That's it's easy enough to tell someone like, oh, yeah, I've been struggling with my depression for a little bit. But to tell someone that, oh, yeah, my depression also causes me to want to stay in bed all day, to not want to shower, to not want to leave the house, to feel like I want to kill myself. Yeah. Like, those are some extremes. Those are some heavy, heavy things to be telling someone. Yeah. So I completely understand that it's difficult, but at the same time, there's no way that we're going to move the needle forward if we don't have those difficult conversations. Yeah. So, I mean... So, I mean, de- obviously, we're not perfect role models for that no. example, but... Like, my depression's been so bad where I've gotten home at, like, 4 o'clock and I've went to bed. Yeah. Like, and that's it. Like, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, I'm in bed and I don't 
Because I just, I can't deal with anything more. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's a straw that broke the camel's back all the fucking time. It's brutal. Well, there are days where my depression, like I basically wake up with it. And there are times when I've called into work because I'm like, you know what? No, I can't leave the house. I do not physically have the energy to get out of bed right now. Yep. Like I can't even shower, let alone pick myself up and try to go to work. Yeah. You know? It's super tough. And then, like, you take that and it just compounds. It doesn't get any better. Like, exactly. And the problem is, like, closing yourself off doesn't get it any better. And the hardest part is sharing your story doesn't make it any better. No. It feels like no matter what you do, nothing helps it. Right. Nothing makes it better. So in this situation where I went through, like, three or four days of super bad depression, I talked to Kelly about it every day. It didn't mm-hmm. shorten it. It didn't make it any better. So I feel the same thing with my friends. Like, okay, I'm dealing with this. It's something that I'm not going to get over on my own. Or, uh, I mean, sorry, I'm not going to get over with your help. Like, it is something that I have to do on my own. Yeah. In theory, I mean, sometimes some people will get help from friends. But Mm -hmm. for me, it just, I have to go through it. Yeah. So why would I bring my friends into it if I just have to go through it? And no matter what they say, it's not going to be any better. But that's the thing. You're also assuming that bringing them in isn't going to make you feel better. Sometimes talking about it and getting those feelings out is all you need. But what I'm saying is like I've been talking to you about it for Mm -hmm. like the past three or four days and I'm only just getting out of it. And I don't think having these conversations and telling you, mind you, it took me a few days to get the idea that it was depression that, yeah, you know, I think once you finally realized that it wasn't your anxiety and it was actually your depression, it made it a little bit easier for you to talk about and a little bit easier to come out with because you knew exactly what it was that you were dealing with. Yeah. Once you can put a name to it, it makes it a little bit easier. Oh, totally. Totally. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's the struggle. I mean, that's the whole part. And this is why it's super hard for friends to, you know, for us to lean on them. It, yeah. it really is. So we don't want to, yeah, we don't want to burden them. We don't want to chance bringing them down to where we're, where we are yeah. basically. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, like I want to, and, and honestly, like I have a hard time still talking about this. This mm-hmm. is super tough for me. Like I had this conversation with John yesterday and it's still not easier for me. Yeah. Like I still have a hard time explaining to them what I go through on a daily basis and why I'm struggling, but why I'm still a happy person. Mm-hmm. Like that's the hardest part because like when you think, yeah, hey, I'm depressed. I deal with depression. You know, you think of just someone sitting alone in a dark room crying. Yeah. You don't think of all of the other things that go along with it. You just, you see what the stigma allows you to see. Yeah. Basically. So I'm going to say if you have a friend that deals with mental illness or you're just curious about it, talk to somebody. Ask questions. Yeah. Even if you just like, even if you just have like an assumption. So I will say this. I think there's a large percentage of the population that walk around undiagnosed with mental illness. Oh, I 100% agree with you. Because I was that person. Yeah. I walked around with all of these issues and had no idea mm-hmm. that they were actually issues. Yeah. You just thought that this is just a part of being a human. This is life. Yeah. This is this is just how life goes. Yeah. So as that's a, not the case. As a friend that notices like these small little telltale signs like... Okay, when it comes to large crowds, they never seem to be able to make it. Yeah. Um, they have trouble committing to specific dates. Yeah. They will drop out last minute. Yeah. These, I think, are traits of people with mental illness. 
Yep, I would agree. It's not that they're being, you know, like a flaky person and you can't count on them. It's that their mental illness is not allowing them to. So in this situation, so I'm going to ask your advice on this. So in this situation, let's say you have a friend who's going through everything that I just went through. Mm -hmm. Let's say you, yeah, let's say you and I are friends. And because obviously we're not friends, we hate each other. Exactly. Um, I, I'm gonna go hang out with Steven after this. So fuck you, my, Steven. Yeah. Um, so I'm that friend. Okay. Okay. And I have no idea about mental illness. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's a great idea to be like, bro, I think you deal with depression, or hey, are you depressed? All these mm-hmm. things because they have that connotation. Okay. So. I'm going to say the easiest way to bring up mental illness is to talk about it yourself. So if even if you don't deal with it, try to relate to it. Do the research. Try to relate to it when it comes to depression. Like, yeah, like I've had that feeling of something sitting on my chest. Did you know that that's depression? Mm-hmm. Did you know that like that anxiety, that buildup, that's depression building up? Yeah. So what that does is they go, okay, well, he's explaining something that he's dealing with. And that actually sounds very similar to something that I've felt before. Exactly. They now have that relation between the, or the correlation between the two. Yeah. Because yeah. if you're somebody with anxiety and depression and I go, hey, you've got anxiety and depression. Then they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Don't you attach that label to me. I'm fine. Yeah, exactly. How dare you? Yeah. How dare you? But if you, you know, speak it in terms of this is how I feel when I'm in this state, then maybe it's a little bit easier for them to relate to it. I see what you mean. Yeah. I mean, really, if you think about it, that's kind of how we started talking about it. And I think that's actually like how me and my dad started talking about it. Yeah. How a lot of us have started talking about it is literally we talk about it in our perspective versus Mm -hmm. trying to say, okay, so you don't show up to things. You tend to kind of ghost ghost us every once in a while. Mm -hmm. I think you might have depression because it's like, great. So I'm dealing with like my friend calling me a shitty friend and they're telling me I'm depressed. That's not good. See, and you know what? I think it actually depends on the type of person. True that. If they're open-minded, then you just saying, you know what? I think you might have depression. That might be enough for them to be like, oh shit, you know what? Like you also deal with depression. Yeah. Maybe you're onto something. Yeah. But it depends on, I think it depends on the person and their open-mindedness and... So my problem is, is like, I deal with mental health issues. So if I have to go bring this up to a friend, like, I don't know if I can. Like, even though I have a leg to stand on when it comes to mental illness and like the understanding of it, even if I was to go to any of my friends and say, you have mental illness, I don't, I don't think it's the way to go. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I don't want to put my buddy on blast here, but I've got a friend Mm -hmm. and uh, I'm going to keep his name. It's Steven. So my buddy Steven, um, he like he grew up, he's always been a very active, very busy person. And one thing that he's always said to me is like, I swear, like I'm borderline ADD. And but we always saw that like this was like back like when we were kids. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, so ADD, I don't want to have anything to do with that. It's a mental mm-hmm. illness. Um, I've then later in life realized that I have ADHD. And I come to the realization that my friend does too. And I try to tell him, like, dude, I think you might have ADHD. It's not a bad thing. But hey, you might actually have it. And I honestly don't think that was the right way to bring it up. Okay, interesting. So what would, what do you think would be the best way to bring that up to? I would say I need to go through my experience. Yeah. So I need to go, like, okay, so here's what ADHD does to me. 
It makes me overthink, overanalyze, and think of every scenario before I've even thought of, even started doing that task. See, and that's the thing, is how do you naturally bring that up to someone? Just, like, how, how do you naturally have this conversation when you when you see that your friend could potentially have ADHD? How do you just naturally be like, hey, did you know that my ADHD makes me do this? Like, how how do you have that in a natural and... Yeah, I guess in a natural way. So, I mean, I think I brought it up in a decent way. Basically, this, my buddy was telling, Stephen was telling me about um, all these scenarios that he's been running in his head. And I'm like, bro, did you know that that could be ADHD? Mm -hmm. And it's actually called the CEO's disease. And it's not a bad thing. Yeah. But part of the reason why you do this, there's good and bads with it, right? Yeah. I mean, it's great for the fact that you can use it, but it also has negative connotations. So, and I think I brought it up. I don't think he was insulted by it. I don't think he was upset by it, but he was like, well, that's kind of a fucked up thing to say. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Like, okay. I I guess, but I don't know. I I think I'm fine because. See, and then that response also makes me think that maybe that wasn't the best way to bring it up. That's legitimately what i'm saying right now (laughs) right yeah okay yeah oh right because you were saying that i think you have adhd okay yeah so i mean where if i would have just related it to myself and said oh you're running scenarios dude i run scenarios in my head all fucking day this is what adhd does to me all i do is everything i do i run every scenario and i know Mm -hmm. exactly every way that this situation could end before it even starts yeah. And if I would have done that, he could have been like, oh, I do that too. Yeah. And then he has that self-realization versus me putting that connotation and that label on him. But, I mean, hindsight is also twenty twenty, right? Yeah, absolutely. But the whole purpose of this is we have made mistakes. Mm-hmm. We have made, we have victories. We win-lose like everybody else. Yeah. But listeners can learn from us. Hopefully, anyways. This is why we do this, guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not doing that, well... I think we've said this on every episode. I'm vain. Kelly's not. She's doing it for the right reason. So. <laughs> you think I am. Right? So, I mean, that's the other thing is bringing it up. And I think it's a really tough line to walk. And I think moving forward as a society, we need to get past this. See, and you know what? I think, okay, so going back to when you said that when people ask you about the accident, I think that that's kind of similar to like people are scared to ask about mental health because they don't want to upset someone. Yeah. They don't know if that's an okay question to ask. So if it's somebody who openly deals with it, have the conversation with them and ask them questions. Mm-hmm. Ask it how, ask them how it, they react to it. Yep. Like, what does it do to you? Actually come from a place of curiosity. You will be blown away by how somebody will open up about their mental health struggles yeah if you just ask questions that's all you have to do and friends that's all we need to do for each other yep just ask each other questions that's it we have to normalize this conversation we can't have this connotation i can't tell my buddy dude you might have adhd like me and that be a bad connotation like that that's a bad label that i need to give to somebody yeah that's not the case honestly i think I, I think I still kind of disagree with you on this one. Really? Yeah, I think I do. I think if you were to say, you know, like, hey, I think you might have depression. This is how I feel when I have it. Is this something that you feel too? Right, but you you're know, also but, relating it to yourself. So you are yes, taking I'm my not, advice and also ignoring my advice at the same time. Yeah, 
Yeah, so I'm not saying that your advice is entirely wrong. I'm just saying that I think that you still can just say, hey, I think this is something that you might be struggling with. And then you also relate it to yourself. You know, like you can bring it up to them. Yeah. You can say, yeah, I think that this might be something that you have without having those negative connotations as long as you relate it back to something that, you know. Truth be told, that that sounds really good. Like that honestly makes sense. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know if I want to put that label on you. And that's honestly for our listeners to decide. Yeah. You have a bunch of information here mm-hmm. and you can take it however you want. You could either listen to me or listen to Kelly or listen to none of us. It don't matter. <laughs> You're going to do what you're going to do. You're going to do what you're going to do. So the biggest thing is, is don't be afraid to have the conversation, but exactly. find a way to be relatable about it. I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah. I think if you could take away anything from this episode, it would just be find a way to be relatable. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. if you just put somebody on the spot, especially somebody with mental illness, it's not going to go the way you hope. No. No, because especially then if they have, you know, anxiety or something too, that's just going to trigger their anxiety and then... There, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I can't speak right now. Yeah, that's okay. I, I don't have words. It's a wonderful, beautiful morning. I mean, right now it's like, yeah, it's quarter to nine in the morning. <laughs> We've been up for three hours. Yeah. <laughs> like we have actually, we woke up at six today. Yeah. But we also went to bed like really old people at like 8.30 on the couch. So <laughs> Right? Who does that? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely an interesting morning, but we wanted to make sure that we talked about friendships. So, because they are the best kind of ships. Yes. To circle back to the quote I beg at the to beginning. Differ, though. I like fishing, so I like ships. Yeah, you would. I'm a water guy. So anyway, friends, friends. family, everybody. Whoever's listening. Let's just talk about it. Let's take yeah. a page out of MGK's book. Let's talk about it. Oh, my God. weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I am. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, the conversations are never going to be easy. They're not going to be comfortable. But sometimes you need to get uncomfortable to be able to get comfortable. Yes, 100%. But just watch how you bring it up to people. Don't tell people that they have this. Say, hey, exactly what you did. Yeah. Hey, you you know what? I think think this is something that you might be struggling with. This is how I feel when I'm in that state. Is this something that you relate to? Exactly. Can you relate to this at all? And I think that's the best way to bring it up. Now, if you don't deal with mental illness, talk about it in the form of, I've read up on this, and this Mm -hmm. is what the side effects are. This is what it does. Do you, I, you might actually suffer from this. Yeah. What do you think? So the problem is, is people who think that they're broken are never going to do the research because the scariest part is the answer. Exactly. Like you don't it's, go- it's terrifying. Like I remember when I was first diagnosed, I was freaking terrified of it. Yeah. Like I had a panic attack after I got diagnosed with it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's tough. So be careful on how you bring it up, people. I mean, do it yeah. from a place of love. Yeah. That's all I have to say. Love and support. Love and support. That's that's the most important part of it, in my opinion. Yep. I would agree with you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, shall we get into the segments? I suppose. So, how you triggered me (laughs) and how, why I love you. So, you know what? Usually we like to finish the episode on a why I love you, Uh but I'm actually going to start Ooh, okay. with the why I love you because it actually refers to the how you triggered me. (laughs) Oh, shit. Okay. why I love you. You have all of this spare time. Basically, for those of you who don't know, Kelly has the summer off with pay. Yeah, basically. It's kind of a messed up situation. Yeah. But she's enjoying it, kind of. She's also going a little bit crazy. But one of the things that she always wanted was to have a bike. And she got a bike. Mm -hmm. That's what I love about you. The fact that you went and did something for yourself. 
Yeah, it's not very often that I do that. Exactly. I'm yeah. so happy that you did that. And the fact that you went out and go, went for a bike ride, you just, you do you. Yeah. And I want you to be able to stand on your own two feet and not always need me. And that was a mm-hmm. very, very nice thing to witness. Yeah. Like you went and found your bike, you test drove your bike. I didn't have to go with you or anything. You just, mm-hmm. you went and did it. Yep. I'm a strong, independent woman. I don't need no man. You don't need no man. JK. Yeah, you do. I, I definitely do. So that's why I love you. Oh, well. Right? I, I love you too. Because you're a strong, independent woman. And you kind of need a man. I need but, you to open my jars for me. Yeah, totally. <laughs> now, how you triggered me. Oh, God. So, Kelly got this bike. It's a used bike. It's a beach cruiser. She got a wicked deal on it, though. And it was throwing the chain. Yeah. So, she calls me while I'm at work and loses her shit saying, I can't even ride my bike. I ended up walking it home because I popped the chain. And yeah. it's like, okay, I understand that you're super upset about this. But as the man in this relationship... I have the hardest time hearing about problems that I can't fix and that you don't even want to try to fix. So knowing the love and the joy that buying that bike brought to you Mm -hmm. and then you going to like, I walked it home. I couldn't even enjoy a bike ride. It's all I wanted to do today. Fuck Steven, this garbage. Okay, however, in my defense, in my defense, the whole, that entire day, I was in a depressive state. Mm -hmm. I was already struggling. The bike ride was to try to get me out of that state. And within the first five minutes, it was throwing the chain. Mm -hmm. Like I was gone for 15, 20 minutes and it did it five or six different times. I I know that. that. It just made me more and more frustrated, made me more and more depressed and so so on and so forth. And the whole reason of why you triggered me is just because you brought me a shit ton of problems weren't willing to fix it on your own, and I wasn't anywhere near you to fix it. Yeah. So it's a problem that just sits there as a problem. Yeah, you have a hard time with that. I absolutely yeah. have a hard time with that. Yeah. So that's how you triggered me this week. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> uh, okay. You know what? You didn't even really trigger me this week. I was in such a depressive state. I don't yeah. think I could have. No, and that's the thing is because you were in a depressive state too, I was... I was trying to be a little bit more compassionate with you too and a little bit more forgiving for things that would generally trigger me. Yeah. So there's that. Okay. Um, but the so my why I love you is you you make me very, very strong coffee every single morning. <laughs> so the fact that like you get up every single morning, you go to work, I'm still sleeping, I'm still laying in bed. And you go through and you, you know, still make sure that there's plenty of coffee and stuff for me in the morning. You, you know, you make sure that there's, you know, food and stuff in the fridge. Like, even though you're going off to work, you still make sure that, you know, I'm being taken care of and that I'm waking up and I'm going to be in a good mood. In my opinion, mornings are the most important part of your day. Mm -hmm. So why wouldn't I just like, if I could wake up every morning and just walk downstairs and pour myself a cup of coffee, Yeah. which technically I can. Yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. That makes my day. Yeah, exactly. And the fact that, you know, you go through this, you know, little bit of extra work and stuff in the morning just to make sure that I can have a good morning. Truthfully, I'm already making coffee and it isn't hard to make more. But still. The hardest part for me is like, I don't want to make coffee and it go cold for you. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that you wake up and enjoy the coffee while it's still hot. Yeah. And I love that you love that. Mm-hmm. And I will always do that. Yep. Love it. So anyway, guys. Anyways. That's the episode. That's it. That's all. I hope you guys. I hope you guys learned something from this, and I hope that you guys can 
enhance your relationships with all your friends. Mm-hmm. Just start talking, guys. That's what it's all about. Yep. Well, hope you guys have a great week. Have a great week. We love you all. All right. Okay. We'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye. Bye.